Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bond Update. Here, we fuse conversations with entrepreneurial expertise. My name is Ronsley and the founder of Amplify, the first audio marketing agency in the world and the host of Australia's first podcasting conference, We Are Podcast. Each week, I'll be interviewing unique entrepreneurs on how they are achieving freedom in their business. So here's to you bonding with us over the freedom of entrepreneurship. Bond Appetite. Ladies and gentlemen, today I have Catherine Maslin, uh, who has been on the show before and a couple of times actually. We spoke about isogenics, we spoke about natural health. But uh, instead of me introducing her, this is Mike Reed from Dent Global introducing her. Just on a day-to-day basis, get to hang with people like Catherine Maslin, who is the founder of Brisbane Natural Health. Now, these guys are totally shifting the paradigm of their industry as a naturopath. Normally, when you go to see a naturopath, you pay on a per-consult basis. When you go to Brisbane Natural Health, you can actually sign up for a membership. And that membership gets you access to a whole bunch of different services at Brisbane Natural Health. Uh, and the membership is designed to deliver a specific result. People pay on a fortnightly direct debit uh, and it's totally transformed Catherine's business. As I said, Catherine's amazing. Uh, this whole episode is about how we as entrepreneurs tick and how we change from being naturopaths and technical people to becoming entrepreneurs and more business people and how uh, we deal with the, the conversations that happen in our head. I think this is really... Uh, a lovely conversation. BrisbaneNaturalHealth.com.au uh, is where you go to find everything that Catherine does or just Google Catherine Maslin and you'll find uh, all the cool stuff she's up to. Uh, I hope you enjoy this interview. How are things? It's good. I was just, this microphone looks like an ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait. Did you feel like licking it? I did actually. Yeah. Although green, like what, what flavor is that? Pistachio. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm great. Yeah? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, so, we've just finished a mastermind. Mm-hmm. Um, it's our one-year anniversary, which which is crazy, right? It's pretty Consid- romantic, really. It's pretty awesome. Um, let's start with that. Like, how how important do you think, like, our masterminds and considering now that you've been through a few and different types as well. Like, what are your thoughts? It's everything. It's like my favorite event of the year. Really, well, my favorite four events of the year. Um, But it's so important because otherwise, like, it's just you in your business doing your stuff. Like, I really enjoy these two days, getting out of the business, out of my environment, being with epic humans, discussing stuff, you know, pushing each other on stuff as well. I think it's really important. Um, but that sounds like fluff. That sounds when when you say it to someone. I mean, I understand because I'm part of it. But when someone hasn't witnessed, like, d- just imagine you like three years ago, and someone told you that, would you kind of go, "Oh yeah, let me sign up. It's going to be fucking awesome." I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it is pretty rainbows and buttercups. Mm. Is that because we want it to be? Is that because we are romantic about the idea of entrepreneurship as well? Maybe. But I mean, what entrepreneur that loves their job isn't? Yeah. Do you think think that we are a rare breed, like the entrepreneurs that love what they do? Or do you think that 
uh, that there's a lot of us out there. I don't know. There's a lot of us out there. It's hard, it's hard to know because my lens is I'm hanging out with the other people that love what they do. I'm attracting mm. that. Mm. Like attracts like, I guess. Mm. But, yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of entrepreneurs uh, that aren't loving what they do. I'm sh- I haven't loved what I've done at certain points, that's for sure. Like, like what do you mean? You know, like when shit gets hard, often you want to bail. Yeah. I've yeah. definitely had times like that. So, so this is interesting because not many people talk about that conversation, the conversation that we have with ourselves. It's almost like, you know, we don't have those hard conversations with the, oh, it, it, I don't know whether it feels like that, but like when I have those conversations, even though I know, even though I'm part of this stuff, I think that I'm the only person going through it. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, but I know everyone's going through it. It's like some part of our brain at that point kind of goes, oh my God, it's so sad that it's happening to me, but it happens to everyone. Mm, it does. Although, I don't know, I don't, I don't really share that sentiment i think like when it's happening to me like i know like it's people failing all over the place some of the most successful people have failed like i know that and in comparison actually i haven't had any really epic fails you know like i i've had mm. some fails but i've mm. been able to roll with them it hasn't been like really mm. intense what, what do you consider an epic fail oh like having to close your restaurant and being like in shitloads of debt at the time is is a fail, not now. But yeah, no, totally, one hundred percent. I mean, uh, if I had to close my doors because I wasn't meeting my rent or paying my bills, then that would be significantly shit. If I had to start again, do you think that um, someone who goes through those epic fails are seen differently, or do you think that it's not it, like that? I don't know. Like, why don't you give yourself credit for like where where you're at? Because you're fucking amazing at what you do. I do. I, I give myself heaps of credit for that. I think we're just different. Well, A, we're different humans and everyone's story is going to be different and it depends who's looking at it and how you're looking at it. Like I could, I could like on one day look at something from a lens of, you know, like that's really awesome because then you're going to grow and you're going to be empowered. But like if I'm having a crappy day, I'll be like, dude, like I can sympathize. That sucks. Mm, mm. And that happens so often, right? I mean, uh, that emotional side is such a huge it's almost like business or entrepreneurship is, is, this, is this personal development tool that we've decided that we, now we can't get off, right? Because there's, no there's no way of getting, do you see any way out? Like, do you see, like, any way? I don't see any way. I've tried to think of a ways out. Like, there, are, there have been times, just like you, like, I was yeah. like, there have been times right now where we would consider, you know, the successful times. But, like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, it's like an itch that you got to scratch. Yeah. <laughs> the so, look on your face, it's just like, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah but, 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 you know, like I've thought of ways out because there are times that it gets so hard that you kind of go, is there a way out? And you think of the possibilities and I still haven't been able to come up with one. Do you, do you, how do you think of that stuff? I definitely, there's definitely times where I think that, but then as I go through my thought process, I'm like, right, well, could I get out? What would that mean? What would that look like? Do I really want to? And ultimately the answer is no. Because if the answer was mm. yes, I actually want to get out, you'd mm. find a way, mm. which will be the po- the mm. case at some mm. point, I'm mm. sure for my business. Like I know that I'm not going to have Brisbane Natural Health forever. Mm. There'll be a point where I'm like, yep, I've grown this thing and it's awesome and it's good. Like what's next? And can mm. I sell it? And can I do something mm. else? 
Oh my god, I just realized something fucking epic. So, what do you consider yourself? A naturopath more or a business owner or an, like an entrepreneur? What do you consider yourself more? Entrepreneur, 100%. If I had to choose like one or the other, and I'm and it says a lot because I'm really passionate about naturopathy and natural health yep. and that stuff. But I love entrepreneuring. Like I mm. love the challenge of it. I love the game of it. I love how diversified it is. I love the growth of it. It's, and I guess it's, you know, even though the whole time I've been practicing, I've sort of been entrepreneuring. It's really been the last like six or seven years where I've been doing it seriously, whereas I've been in natural health for 15 years. So maybe that's part of it. But yeah, I love it. I love, run, I love business and I love learning about other people's businesses. And I guess that's why being in a group like this, it's like, you just get really excited about it, like excited about it, but also you get really passionate about help, trying to help other people solve their problems, which is kind of cool. Yeah, this, 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 is, uh, this is one of the better ideas I've had. Like it's, it's, uh, it's, been such a, it's been such a cool ride to see growth, to see progress, to see um, like emotional evolution, to see people change so much. Um, I mean, since, since this started, like, you've even come for my wedding. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's such a, it's such an emotional journey. So, what part of entrepreneurship that, uh, you know, like, wh what are the bits that, that you love the most? Hmm. I love the... The, I love the well. I'm a creator, so I love the creative part of it. I love that I can build something out of nothing. I love that we're doing something new. So I love it how, like at Brisbane Natural Health, we're doing the memberships, and that's a Australian probably world first, and it's freaking cool. So I like being at the edge of that. Explain that. The what it's about. The membership, yeah. I mean that that I mean mm -hmm. that's huge. That you're saying it's probably the world's first membership. Explain what that means because I think this is common as well. We kind of brush over our stuff. Uh, and so to explain what that means. So to the best of my knowledge, it is a world first. Um, and basically what it means is traditionally in natural healthcare, you go, you have an appointment and they're like, right, we'll just see you in, in two weeks. And you just sort of, you're not really managed through the process. So we believe that healing is about more than just supplements and treatment. It's about the journey. So if it's really about the journey. Then what we needed to take a step back and look at was, well, how do we actually map out the journey for somebody and then make it, make it easier for them and support them and keep them accountable. So the way that we decided to do that was through a member type model so what it means then is that we work with clients for a minimum of four months and then they pay a set weekly fee and depending on what's going on for them will depend on what's included in that but it'll be like they're coming in for their appointments they're all scheduled they're coming in for workshops to learn about themselves they're learning to take self-responsibility um, but they're project managed so it means that they're not slipping beneath the cracks so if something goes wrong or they're not really getting results we're like well what's going on and how do we make it happen for them so it's quite cool so basically your clients are the people who realize that their health is a journey and not like a one-time destination. Yeah, uh, we don't do quick fixes. We don't have magic wands. Mm -hmm. How did you come up with the idea? Because, you know, like when you, when you think about it and you're saying it's, it, it probably is the world first in, in, the, in the field. I mean, there's membership's done but this is in 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 what you're trying to in what you've achieved not even just trying to achieve like the the way you guys have done it is amazing i've been a client i am a client um yeah how do you think of that 
It was a progression. So it started from thinking about, well, if people are going to need to be with us for three or four months and need like six or seven sessions over that time, why are we selling them single sessions? It's not a solution. So it came from the mindset of solution focused rather than session focused. So it's not about us. It's not about the hour that you're sitting in front of us. It's about actually getting a result. So we started off with packages and then it just sort of progressed from there. So the idea is we wanted to take it away from it being about the appointment. So someone going, oh, well, what am I getting? Is it about these specific appointments? No, it's not about the appointments. The appointments help and they'll guide you, but it's about the result and it's about you actually being guided through that. Um, so to, to do that, we wanted to be, well, how do we make it really easy and take it off that per session pricing? And we were like, well, let's just charge a set weekly fee. And then it was just figuring that out, which was, wasn't easy. Um, it took like a lot of nutting out, like two years worth of refining to get it right. But we feel like we've got it quite quite right at the moment. Yeah, because it's it's quite it's quite a challenge when you think about you're merging some bits of the traditional and some bits of the new age in terms of the membership and recurring outcome based. Forget the membership stuff. Like you, you're actually focusing on the on on current new ways of thinking where you kind of go, I am actually delivering an outcome as opposed to selling a product or a service, um, and you're also merging it with, um, I suppose, a workforce that is very traditionally. Uh, being a, like accounting for their time and effort is is a very traditional method. So it's it's a merger of that, right? Yeah. So there's heaps of parts. And I remember when I first did it, I was like, this is an amazing idea. I'm like, everyone's going to copy it. And then once I did it, I was like, no, they're not. This is actually really hard. <laughs> and hard in the fact that like when we initially did it, we got our pricing wrong and we lost quite a bit of money, um, you know, that we had to think about our staff and their mindsets. Are they going to be accepting of it? We had to change our advertising and our marketing, like everything down the line. Um, we had to change the way that we thought about how we managed people and how we even manage their data and they're like massive um but the end result of that is and it's still being refined like it'll you know there'll be better versions but it's pretty damn close is that we have this model now where people just move through and it's graceful and all the team are on board so it's where there's a lot of practices that i've worked in where people are co-managed um but not in the way that we do it because when we talk co-manage we're literally doctor house style workshopping people like every single week you know that we're doing that and what that means then is if someone's not quite fitting into a membership we're like oh there's you know a good example was we had this patient and she had a lot of stuff going on for her and she's doing her naturopathy but really she needed emotional wellness like she was going through a divorce so it was kind of messy like she needed that emotional support and we had a uh, probably about a 20 minute discussion about her and what's going on what does she need we're like no no she needs an emotional wellness membership which is mind reboot our, our membership for that so we flicked her into that you know backed off on the naturopathy staff got her to do more of that and that's what she needed to get her through that time in her life whereas if she was locked into just one thing or seeing one person it means that like it's it's just not exactly what people need. So as people go through a health journey, they change. Like that's what we're trying to achieve is change ultimately. Um, but we can't predict how that's going to happen. It might not go exactly how we've got it planned. But the idea is we want to be flexible enough so that as that change occurs, we can be like, well, this is what's needed next and this is where we're going to go. With that insight, do you think that the way it's done otherwise or the traditional way of delivering um, natural services is flawed or myopic yeah 
It definitely is. And there's a place for it, you know, and some people, they're not ready for the, the amount of change that we've got going. So if they're not ready, we actually refer them to a traditional naturopathy clinic that does that and they look after them in that way because you need to have a certain amount of commitment to want to go all the way. It's very easy to take supplements for a few weeks or a couple of months until you feel better and then not really keep going or look at the deeper cause of things. So you do need to be ready and be self-responsible enough to go, well, it actually takes six to 12 months to fix a problem or to get into it or to look at all the parts am I willing to go the whole distance or not how do you attract those people because there's obviously a, a certain type of person that it's weird because everyone actually genuinely wants an outcome and let's let's start with that first so what kind of outcomes do you give your clients when you think when you when you say outcome based like what stuff do they get so it depends on what they're coming in for. So it's mo we're looking at symptom base mostly. So we don't treat diseases, we treat people. Yeah, and part of that might be treating the disease process, but it's not about treating their PCOS, it's actually addressing their whole whole body. So if somebody's for instance coming in for fertility, which is a big part of what we do, probably 40% of our clients are fertility based, then the result is a baby. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty mm. straightforward. But mm. the journey to that result is regulating cycles, getting, you know, ovulation right, getting their stress levels down, getting their nutrient levels up. So we have little milestones along the way, but the ultimate result is baby. It's really clear. For other people, it might just be they need to be energized. They want to wake up in the morning feeling good, you know, or they want to um, not be feeling anxious or they want to work on self-esteem or they want to be able to sit in a work meeting and present without, you know, getting really bad anxiety and fear all the time. So it's about having that conversation with the person of, well, what do you want to achieve but also it's that thing of sometimes they don't know what's possible because they've been in their symptoms for so long it's like well did you know that you could not only feel good and do this but also we can get rid of your anxiety but also we can actually get bring the joy back into your life and get you actually connected to purpose and get you doing what you need to do so that happens naturally along the journey and sometimes it's like well let's work on these milestones first and then see what's possible beyond that how do you get to those people? Like, how do you tell them? How do you sort of educate them that that's the way? I mean, obviously, because even even it was it was um, foreign to me and still is. I'm actually asking for me all these questions. Like, how do you educate someone who is kind of, you know, in, in that position where they would like to know more or want to know more but somehow can't accept it yet or you know it's it's a it's a it's a struggle it's about what i call is like creating light bulb moments so it's and which doesn't happen like it's like here's all the shit you need to know like yeah, just yeah. just do it it's it's about yeah. creating these light bulb moments so it might be that they come in and initially it's just stress. So we're, we're getting them out of crisis. So we're working on the anxiety. We're getting them sleeping. We're getting them digesting like we're working on that side of things. And then it's having that conversation of, hey, like have you considered the emotional side of this and what's going on? It's about as you build rapport, getting the story, finding out what's going on. So we plant seeds at the start and, and have conversations around that nobody has significant health issues without there being an emotional wellness component, whether mm. they start or end with that. So it might just be little things that practitioners seed and say through consult it might be a book that they rec we recommend to them it might be one of our workshops that they come to where they learn a little bit more and go oh that really clicks clicks in for me um so it's just a matter of trying to just throughout the journey is just 
giving them information and empowerment. It's self-empowerment. So they can't discover these things about themselves without, you know, having information there and actually unlocking those things. And that might be reading a great book or having the right conversation, but it just will depend on the person. And also it will depend on what they're ready for because not everyone's ready to sort of look at that stuff. So it can be it can be a little bit slow and sometimes we'll have clients that are really ready and they're going to dig in and do their stuff and other times it's like, no, no, we just need to chip away at this and take small measurable steps until they get there. Um, would you ever package this and sell it? As in fra- like franchise? Like- As in like this membership model to be applied into other places the other forms like potentially and i've had a lot of interest for that already i've had quite a few inquiries of people saying hey will you come and do that but to do that we need to perfect it like we need to have it really tight really flowing getting getting it working well and that's just because it's not just about the product and and you know the fees and whatever it's about all the stuff behind that that will actually make it work for that clinic um you know because to make a change like that is massive like it's you know i know and it it hurts a little bit it's a a Mm. bit intense it's not an easy process that's your next book it's the next book yeah because <laughs> that's such a that's such a that's such a great business move too like you're not only creating a new income stream but you're diversifying industries yep you know like you're diversifying in terms of industries and and also it becomes um recurring revenue at at a ridiculous rate if you can so after you start having one and two and you start perfecting the onboarding of these new yeah. people, uh, new sort of clients that are, you know, want to do that, that's going to be such fun. Yeah, it will be. And it's just like we were talking about at this mastermind, like our retention is ridiculous. So people will come off the first membership and they will nearly always continue. And that's really nice to see, A, that like they're getting results and they're feeling like they're connected to our community um, but also that we can work with less people and still have good revenue. So we can be a bit more choosing. Or we want to actually work with people deep rather than heaps of people on a more superficial level. So how how does that, I mean, work? I mean, one of the things in, in entrepreneurship that is one of the, the misunderstood uh, topics. I mean, first of all, there's so many topics that are misunderstood and you have to, I think, get burnt and learn that way uh, most of the times. Mm. But the niching idea, right? Like people don't like to niche. How, is it important? Is it not important? Is it is it just a buzzword? Depends what you define as niche. You know, like so we, we I guess, have a lot of sub-niches. Fertility is definitely a niche that we target and our marketing for that is a little bit different to our other stuff. But our niche, I think it's it's more the, it's the attitude and the readiness for change. Um, so it makes it a lot more like, it's not as measurable as a 30-year-old female who earns, you know, 100 grand a year or that type of thing. But for us, we know there's a certain feel of people that as we have that initial kind of diagnostic session with them that we're like, yeah, they're our people. And it's because they're usually complex. They have more than one thing going on. It's pretty rare we get people with simple stuff into our clinic. We don't attract them. Mm. Um, and I'm not sure exactly why, but something mm. about our marketing and what we do, we, we tend to get people who are a bit more complex, mm. which is good um, because we can, that's the stuff we love treating. Um, um, but the other side of it is well, – I lost, lost my train of thought. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when, when, when you think of the results that you, that you achieved, I know you're trying to get that thought back um, and I've decided to let it be. Um, when you think of results, I mean, you've achieved some crazy results for some cra- – like, like amazing sort of transformations. Well, like I want you to talk about some of those because those are cool. 
Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. Um, so, I mean, the fertility ones are some of our favorite because people can be trying literally for three, four years, multiple IVF rounds. Um, so we've got some really cool stories about that. One of them was a patient where, um, like she'd had, you know, four or five rounds of IVF, you know, that was sort of over that process, wasn't working out for them. We worked with her and her husband for about 12 months um, and it was – you could see all the signs were there, everything was looking good, like her cycles are regular. And you, when you see it on paper, like you, you usually can see it coming, like you know that it's close. Um, and I know at the time she was getting a bit frustrated about it because she worked in a childcare centre and her work was kids and all of this, but she ended up getting pregnant naturally with twins which was super, super exciting. I mean, intense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there, there's her family and now she's, you know, she's, she's got that happening. Um, another one was a patient that had really, really severe eczema all over her body, um, yeah. like really, really severe. So enough that like she was getting staph infections. It was quite weepy, really painful all the time. Um, and we used to see her coming into the clinic and, you know, she went from – you know, wearing long pants all the time and covering up and we'd see it. We'd be having our meetings like in our meeting room and we'd be like, look, there's so-and-so. And she'd be out there like in shorts and like her legs were clear and like that that was really awesome, like to see that transformation as well. But So it happens all the time um, and it's just – you know, like we have people that are on like, you know, six or seven medications, like being be through hell and it, it takes a while, it can take 12 to 24 months to come out of it. But a lot of the time we can get them off, you know, most if not all of them, you know, and they're feeling good and they're not relying on these things forever. So it's quite cool. Um, yeah. You know, another one really recently, like a patient who was getting a headache 24-7. So I was like, you know, how often do you get a headache? She's like, well every two or three hours but those two to three hours were every time she took Panadol and then when she ran the Panadol was wearing off the headache would come back it was literally a constant headache all day every day um, and within six weeks she was like you know she'd had like one headache in that period um, so that was really cool to see as well because imagine having a headache every single day and how that would impact on your life mm. and how you're feeling so some of the stuff's really really cool like that. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, do you ever find that um, you have to convince your patients or your clients about the method, like naturopathy, because al- somehow allopathic, like in India, like allopathic med- med- medicine seems, even though Ayurveda was invented there, like, you know, allopathic is, suppo- is, is meant to be medicine while everything else is meant to be not it's really interesting because when I started practicing like 10, 11 years ago now, um, I got a little bit more of that, um, but we don't get a lot of it. Like our clients, normally they're ready. Like we don't get many skeptics. And if they are, they're not normally for us. Like they're not normally suitable for our memberships or that level of stuff because if they're that skeptical about it and they're coming just as a bit of a crisis type point, they're not on the journey, if that makes sense. So a lot of our clients, like we do spend a lot of time and education in un- in letting them understand what's happening, like what's going on in your body. This is why we're doing what we're doing. This is what this medicine specifically does. So rather than them just popping pills, they're active in that. Um, but normally like our, we have really high uptake in that. Like our clients are really passionate about it. Like they're, they're not too – we get the, the the odd one, but it's quite rare. Um, also, interestingly, like on the emotional wellness side of things, because that's what we're putting out there, that we're working with these people, most of our clients are very open to it, um, very open to looking at their stuff, very open to like looking at that side of things. And it's just an observation that I've made. It's not something where I've gone, well, how do I market for these people? Because it's quite difficult. But it's just, I think, us being really clear on the type of people we love working with and then that's come in naturally. It's not difficult at all. 
to to market to those kind of people because you know that they're emotionally evolved, which means they'll be they'll be consuming certain types of content. Mm-hmm. But you, you already know that you already know like like you know someone like I know that you know I don't know a few years ago I was not nowhere close to what I am now emotionally I was not awake at all mm-hmm. <clears throat> right um that's awesome so so you know who your people are and you know you know where to find them what what are some of the marketing stuff that you've been doing like um and and you have a very interesting view on on okay let's let's start with this question what's your what's your view on business freedom like what do you think about about freedom in business what's your definition there freedom in business like freedom for me as a business owner yeah how do how would you first of all is that important second of all how would you define that for you yes um it is important to me like it is one of my values freedom um, but it's more like, and that doesn't necessarily mean like I want no work and I don't want to do anything because that's not freedom to me. Like, you know, freedom is being able to work on the things that I love and enjoy, I guess, rather than being bogged down in other stuff. So I spend a couple of days on clients and that's still important to me. Like I do like a, having client contact still, and I probably always will in some capacity. Um, but it's also being able to have the freedom to have do creative stuff and create new products and, and improve like our client experience, that type of thing. So freedom to me is just being able to do what you love because that's why we're in it really rather than getting bogged down with the, oh, I have to do this, you know, that type of thing. So when 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 you think of all the marketing stuff that you've done to achieve this membership, what what are the ones that stand out? Like what are the ones that worked really well? besides referrals um online is is our main source of stuff so we do a lot of stuff with seo and just web traffic like to be honest a lot of our stuff comes through there um and then more recently we've been doing more like facebook ads that that type of thing um but most of it is from blog posts like our content so we have a lot of content whether it be video blog posts etc so we do get a lot of traffic through our website organically um so that's that's probably mostly it. And then also the 10-day health challenge has been quite good. Mm, mm. So the 10-day health challenge is where like it's just a free, you know, 10 days, they get videos every day. And then at the end of the challenge, then um, we follow up with it like a nurture sequence type thing. Um, so that's some, some something else where people can come to. So it's interesting because if you get we get different type of clients. We get ones where I ask, I'll ask them at the start of our consultation, you know, like where did you hear about us? Have you been referred? Like what do you know about us? And some people it's actually very little, but others are like I've watched all your videos, like and I've watched this and I've consumed this and I've done all the stuff. So it just depends really. So di- digital marketing works? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, it's interesting because there used to be a time where, we, 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 you know, everyone would question whether digital marketing worked. Well, it does, but it's measurable. Like yeah. I know like when, like January, for instance, like I got a, my Google um, analytics report and it was like 70% increase in traffic. I and mean, we felt that because we just were like, wow, we've got a really high number of new clients at the moment. It was actually hard to fit them all in. Um, so you can see it. Like it's quite measurable. So... <laughs> One would say that everything's going really well for you. Does anything challenge you? Does anything sort of, is any, is there anything that's like uh, annoying the shit out of you? Because everything seems to be going well. Well, everything challenges me. <laughs> business is a challenge. My, well, the biggest challenge in my business is humans. Mm. It's nearly always humans. Um, and that would be like either hu- like 
humans not um, following through with what they said they were going to do, like, you know, team not working cohesively, that type of thing. And our team is awesome mm. um, and we do work quite well, but I have put a lot of effort into like just doing off-site retreats and spending time with them and, and getting them on board with that stuff. And it's just constant. I think for me at the moment and what I was kind of talking about in this mastermind is like leadership is really a mm. big thing that I'm focusing on at the moment. Mm. And I'm like can't expect my team to be – functioning well if i'm not leading them properly so i'm really trying to kind of buckle down on that stuff and you know just become a better leader i guess yeah um like i said you know entrepreneurship is this like um weird self-development tool that 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 we're all on um how was the mastermind for you like what was what was it like like you started how, how did that start off and how did that come like how how did you feel over the last couple of days good i mean i yeah, I'm always excited to come into these things. Yeah. Well, I like you, my fellow human masterminders. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> masterminders. Um, but it's just um, for me, it's I, in, I. There's two parts of it. A, I get heaps of insight from you guys, which I'm super grateful for. But the other part is I just love observing. Like a, I love observing what other people have got to say but also I love observing how people take what other people have to say mm. yeah and like and how they get pushed etc mm. like there are a few moments there where, where it was like you know you could see people were uncomfortable yeah um but I think it's like and what was really cool was seeing them uncomfortable but seeing them pushed through that discomfort mm. you know mm. like which happens to me all mm. the time <laughs> happens to all of us right I yeah. think um that having that safe space to sort of um let that happen but it's that willingness to be in discomfort that allows you to grow like if you can't if you're if you won't allow yourself to be uncomfortable like you're stuck you're not going anywhere so how do you explain that to someone who's never witnessed that before like you know how how do you explain to someone that pain is good so that's a good question um from all right so if we use the example of like mastermind yeah. Of like when it's like you have ideas about your business and stuff and like you have this thing set in your mind or you might not be seeing stuff. So if someone challenges you and you're like, no, 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 like that's my thing. It's like it can be uncomfortable but I think that when, what happens is as someone pushes you and as they make you really look at it and go, no, 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 I'm not going to let you sit with that. I'm not That answer's not good enough and they keep digging and digging and digging. There's a, little, a bit of a breaking point there where you're either going to resist and you're not going to push through, you're going to go, nah, my opinion, not taking it on board, et cetera. Or you're going to go, hold on a minute. Maybe I need to like actually think about the way that I'm thinking about this. So mm. it's that break. It's if you don't get that breakthrough, like if you're constantly resistant and you're not open to things changing, then you don't grow because what you just have the same thinking over and over. No, 100%. But I mean, there are still times where I have been stubborn no, you would never be stubborn. Ronsley. No, I've been, <laughs> and like everyone said to do something, and I've and I've done the exact opposite for some. Like, and I don't know. I'm not trying to be a jackass, but I don't know why. Uh, and it comes through, and it's like, like, how do you know when you're supposed to like stick to your guns? Because I'm sure you've done the same thing. Like, there, there have yeah. been there have been times where you've just been stubborn as fuck, and you've gone, and you've gone like, no, I'm just doing it my way, and it's worked. I mean, how do is you know? Is that being stubborn, or is that just because you don't have to take on every piece of advice? That's just being true to. I mean, it's your it's your game, it's your show, you know. Like, and it's everyone can give you advice, and it's up to you what works for you, you know. Like, I've you know we've had heaps of conversations, and some of the stuff I've told you have been valuable, and the other stuff you're just like whatever. But you'll take you know you take what you need. 
So I don't think it's being that's necessarily stubbornness. Stubbornness is where there is a sticking point and you're not willing to change um, and you need to, um, whereas, you know, there are times where it's like, well, no, this is a better way because that's what I need to do. Interesting. Um, I love the way you guys challenge me in general. Like it's just like some of the time, like I had a deer, deer in headlights moment. <laughs> I, I don't think I'll ever forget. I don't think you, you guys will ever. Yeah. I wish someone took a photo of that. Yeah. Um, but I, I love, the, the, it's it's almost like excitement to come here. And and uh, if we had the time, I mean, we're all busy, but if we had the time, we'd do it more often. Um, why don't we do it more often? Why do you think that, is this a good strategy? Like, what do you think a mastermind strategy should be? Like, is, so, yeah. So, we do two days every 90 days. I think that's enough. Like, for, for I think any more than that, it's like, well, what do you get done in between? So, like, a quarter is a good amount of time to implement, see the change, see what's different. If we met every month, like, well, we could, but it might be a different format. We might not get as deep or we might do things a bit differently. I don't know. For me, like it's enough because this isn't the only thing I've got going on. Like I might attend mm. other events. I've got other stuff in my life. I mean, so love I, you guys, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Love you guys, but, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, how would you improve it? How, how would you improve from a format standpoint? I don't know. I think that we've – what is this, five, Mastermind five? Um, I think it's just, you know, collectively we've, we've tweaked it along the way. Um more structure would be good, but I guess it comes as well as the more that we do these sessions and the different things that we have planned, the more familiar we get with them, the more we refine them. But I think it's that too, the thing, the conversation that we had at the end of today was that we're all friends now, like, and we're quite close and we're quite vulnerable. So how do you find that balance between being really structured and rigid and not letting it get too friendly, but still yeah. having that vulnerability, I guess. We ba we balance and test that line every, mm. every mastermind. Yeah. And, um, yeah, uh, and there are sometimes the things, the stuff that really annoys us, and there's, and there's sometimes the stuff that we can just let it go as well. Um, yeah, so how would you improve it? Was that was that an answer or? Um, uh, I don't know. I don't have any ideas at the moment beyond um, mm. beyond just trying to create a bit more structure. Mm. I think, and just be, and I think too, like what we discussed at the end of today was just being really clear on our values and bringing that up a little bit more, and like, what are we trying? Just putting more intention out there, I guess, as, as a group, what are we trying to be like and what are we trying to – how are we trying to show up to these events, I guess? So, if, if someone wanted to be part of a mastermind and, you know, they couldn't get people together and say it was arranged for a bunch of people to be together, what, were, what are the things that should be considered for that group to get on cohesively? I feel like it's the same as any team. Like it's the same, we're doing the same process in our business, which is creating a set of values that we live by and that we measure each other against, creating a set of guidelines, um, but also being like, these are the characteristics that we need. Like you need to show up, you need to put, you know, think that this is important. Um, and, you know, maybe obviously our format's not going to be the same for other people, but it's, it's like, well, what do you want to try and achieve as a group and what what kind of people do you want? What kind of humans do you want to be around? Do you want to be around humans that are going to be there when they say they're going to be there? Do you want to be around humans that are a little bit more laxed about it, you know, and have a bit of an in and out thing? So for us with our group, it's like, well, we all want to try and be here at every event. 
you know, that that's, um, yeah. Yes, it is, right? It's like it's, it's like a whole other organization and uh, the CEOs just keep changing, like, yeah. um, depending on the, on the days. Um, so what's, 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 um, what's, uh, Catherine, what's annoying Catherine these days? Mm-hmm. Like what is like just, you know, out of the news or something that's something like some, what's the topic that right now Catherine's like, fuck this shit. <laughs> Do I have a bee in my bonnet about anything currently? I don't. I don't know that I do. I think it's just because I've been going through my divorce stuff, emotional mm. stuff. Like it's, I've had enough of my own shit to be going on without looking, judging other people's shit. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Going like, what's yeah. what's going on with this? Yeah. Um. Oh, there totally will be stuff. That's for sure. I mean, the essential oil debate will always go on. Like what's, what's that? What, what do you mean? I I don't know this one. So essential. All right. So in a nutshell. All right. Let me hold on. Let me just get on my soapbox. All right. All right I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of essential oil companies, like multi-level marketing companies. DoTerra and Young Living are, are the two main ones. Um. So I wrote an article about this probably at the end of last year that went crazy viral, crashed my website like three times in one day, like insane because yeah. it's so really topical. Right. And the problem is that essential oils are amazing, amazing medicine, really, really powerful. Um, but a lot of these companies are telling people to ingest them. Okay, So that means they're saying put a few drops in a glass of water and drink it as a daily tonic type of thing. Yeah. So it's all well and good to put a few drops of peppermint oil in some chocolate and eat that. Like that's pretty regarded as safe. But it's another thing to start consuming clove oil and eucalyptus oil and a lot of these other blends that these companies are telling people to do. So it's pretty dangerous because essential oils are really highly antibacterial like huh. really strong antibacterials. So when you ingest them, they're going to hit your gut and then your small intestine, which has bacteria in it. Um, and it will actually damage your microbiome, in my opinion. So we don't have research to show that, but we do have research to show that essential oils kill bacteria yeah. and that we do have research to show that there's bacteria in your gut. So it doesn't yeah. take much to draw the line. Yeah. So unfortunately, um, a lot of these companies, they have a these health advocates that aren't health professionals that are going and telling people to ingest these oils for different conditions and that's come down just from the top from corporate yeah so it's in my opinion it's quite dangerous and negligent and that's including children ingesting oils so it's quite Mm. not cool at Mm. all but there's a big um debate about it so like it was quite a raging debate like you know i put the post on facebook there were like 500 shares like you know Mm, crazy hundreds and hundreds of comments it was quite cool interesting to watch like i had my popcorn i was like (laughs) (laughs) checking it out (laughs) (laughs) but essentially um like a bit of kickback as well from the companies i got yeah and it's just i feel like what happened was that like there were these ceos sitting around in a boardroom and they went essential oils are awesome but people are only using a couple of drops in an oil burner you know, how do we sell more product? Oh, I know. Why don't we get it to put it in their food every single day? Like that'll increase usage and it has. Um, so that's that's my opinion on it. Um, in saying that, like the caveat is that we use some essential oils in therapy, um, not a lot, but we'll use them and but we'll use them sparingly and we use them in a protocol where we're considering the gut microbiome. So we might be using probiotics or we might be using, you know, some things to help to heal the gut and, and mm. negate any damage that that might cause. Interesting. So, but but is there any difference from getting essential oils through those MLMs as opposed to getting them through, uh, I don't know, like a proper source? 
Well, not really. And the problem is, like, the products are good. Right. Like, and so they say their products are good. So that, that's another point is that they, their products are good, but they're saying that they're better than other products, um, which is a BS as well. Like, they're saying, well, no, they're better than organic, which, again, like, what is that? What's yeah. better than organic? Like, yeah. that's bullshit. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of Australian essentials. Like, for instance, we stock Perfect Potion, beautiful. Most of the oils are organic, really well sourced, like, really good. There's heaps of companies that are actually quite good and not MLM. Right. Um, so it's not so much about, like, the quality is fine. It's just more that the messages that are being sent out. I have no problem with like people making a business out of it. Amazing, but use yeah. it properly and safely. That's sure, all. Sure. Um, that's crazy. Um, so, what else is annoying you? You. Me? Yeah, of course <laughs> I am. Okay, okay, okay. Question, question, right? Who in a fight to the death? Okay, in a fight to the death, um, who would win? Um, your mum or your dad? <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, like if they were fighting against each other? To the death, yeah. God, I don't know. It's a weird question though. It's my dad. But like it's like I grew up with domestic violence. So it's a bit of a weird question. <laughs> wow. Like, that, know, yeah. Thanks. Now yeah. I'm imagining my dad beat my mum up. That's awesome. <laughs> but she'd win to the death, wouldn't she? To not. No way. No. No? No. She wouldn't. You suddenly made – this was such a fun question until like this whole thing came up. <laughs> all right. In a world where – all right. In a world where um, – Money was not the currency, all right? Money was not the currency, but time was, right? In a world where money was not the currency, time was, if you knew you were running out of time, what would you do? Is the money part irre irrelevant though? Because if we, to the question? Oh, so if I was running out of time and not money, what would I do? Yeah. Instead of money. Yeah, like, like, okay, so right now the currency for exchange of value is money Yeah. in the world, right? You exchange money for value. Money is not the currency, right? The currency is time. So you exchange time for stuff. So if you were running out of time, what would you do? God, I don't know. That question confuses me because my, my mind is like, but – but time is like how you make money already. Um, uh, like, I don't know. That is a really strange question. Really? What is the, like, so what would I do? Like, would I, what would I get rid of? Like, what would I yeah, what do kind to of make more time? So what, yeah, or what kind of experiences would you, ha you want to have? Or what, what would you do to make best use of the time that you had left? Because, like, if you had, you know, say, say you had ten dollars left you'd, you'd make use of those ten dollars really well because that's the only exchange yeah, right yeah yeah um what would i do i would travel you'd give up your time to travel so you so your time would reduce because you were going like you had oh my god i'm so confused by this question <laughs> <laughs> all right where would you travel <laughs> fail we'll call that one a fail <laughs> uh europe why europe. have you been there no i haven't been there okay yeah so because culture food food food's probably the primary reason why i travel food and culture but mostly food let's be honest 
you had fun in Goa, didn't you? I did have really good fun. In I was, Goa. actually I had fun because you had fun yeah. in Goa. Like it was like watching you look at the food and kind of like, hey, Ronsley, order for me. It was, it was, it was I, I keep talking about it. It's, yeah, it's awesome. Food is good. It's I awesome. love food. I, I know how to eat. I'm <laughs> good at eating. That's one thing I'm, I'm just nailing in life right now. <laughs> and business. Um, so, like what, like what parts of Europe, like what, 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 what excites you there? Um, Italy. I've always wanted to go to Italy since I was a kid, but I think that's because I learned Why? Italian in school. Right. Yeah, mostly. Um, but Spain. Yeah, for food, definitely. Um, God, everywhere. France, definitely France. Yeah, why? Food. What? Wine. Like wine, uh, yeah. Food, wine. Um, Switzerland. I have a friend that lives in Switzerland, um, you know, for the mountains and, yeah. you know, countryside. Chocolate. Beautiful, yeah. Scotland. Yeah. For just more, give the country, you know, probably yeah. not the food so much. No. <laughs> what was it? Blood pudding or something they have. Yeah. That's there. They wake up for breakfast and have this weird organ. Uh, no, that's Germany. They wake up in the morning, like, bring me a vital organ. <laughs> <laughs> but like, um, yeah, Scotland's not, not famous for food. I don't think there's nothing. There's, no, no. There's nothing great. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Scotch, maybe? Scotch. <laughs> <laughs> whiskey? Whiskey. <laughs> Drinking. So, alcohol. They're good, they're good there. Yeah. I'm actually yeah. not that into whiskey. But I've been watching too much Outlander, I think. And now I'm like, I really <laughs> want to go to Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> How long would you go for? To sc- traveling or Scotland or? Yeah. Like, like now this, th- so, you would travel, right? And you want to go to Europe. So, how long would you? I'd like to do three months in Europe. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. I'd like to do that. Um, but... Yeah, that's. I would like to maybe do a month next year. Yeah, and bring my daughter with me for some of it, but not all yeah. of it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Yeah. So, and and so when you're doing that for three months, what 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 happens? Like, I think well, from from doing a bit of traveling, like what I like to do is just experience a few places but for a period of time so rather than every two days or every day moving and traveling is actually picking a town and going well I'm going to say it for like three or four days you know or even a week like in an area and that way you get to eat all the food and experience it and just be be there a bit more rather yeah. than just heaps of travel which is exhausting yeah yeah we did that in San Diego and San Diego and even San Francisco we actually we stayed for a, lot, a period of time New York we did six days was not enough have you been there have you no done all that I haven't stuff? been to the US no yeah, that. Yeah, I've been there before, but this was different. Um, other than Europe, I mean, you went. You went to South America last year. I've been to South America three times. Why? Because I love it. Was that the first place you went out, outside Australia? Yes. Yes. Interesting. For three months. Interesting. Yeah. What happened then? When was that? That was. I was still a student, so that was yeah. like fifteen years ago. No, it wasn't. It would have been. Like, yeah, 11, 12 years ago, maybe, 12 years ago. So, 11, so that's recent. That's fairly recent. Mm, I'm more old. 12, that's, yeah, I guess. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, that was the first time you left the country and you went as a student? Yep. South America. Where in South America? Um, uh, Argentina, Chile, Paraguay, Peru. For three months? For three months, Yeah. What, how was that? Like, what, tell me about that one. That was amazing. So, that yeah. was like we did a lot of trekking, yeah. like a lot of trekking, like day treks. We did a seven-day Torres del Paine hike down in Patagonia, which was yeah. amazing. 
Um, that was probably one of the highlights, like glaciers, boat trips. We did Machu Picchu. We did like a crazy Paraguay boat trip, which was horrible and awful. And, you know, Paraguay is like, I don't know why we went there first. It was yeah. stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Argentina is my favorite country. I love Argentina. I love the mm. people. I love the language. I love mm. Spanish. Um, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. The food's not amazing, actually, in Argentina, but no. But the people are cool. Do you think that the perspective people get through travel is probably one of the most important things? Let's let's talk about business owner in in particular. How important is travel for business owners? I don't know. I guess it depends on what you're trying to get done. But, like, for me as a – I've never thought of it, like, as a business owner – I think it's like the more exposure you get to how people do things differently and different ways of thinking, the more innovative you can be. So to me, like traveling and seeing like what's what other humans are doing, what's going on, like having conversations with them, it's it's interesting, you know. It makes you think like if you're in the same environment all the time, nothing changes. Um brisbanenationalhealth.com.au. Mhm is uh, where we got to find everything about you. Yep. Uh, writing another book uh, soon about um, membership for health practices. <laughs> Maybe. Actually, Cre- the, the whole book. product funnel there. Yeah, I've got a few book ideas. I won't give anything away. No, it's going to be fun. Um, what's coming up in 2018? What are you excited about? Um, I'm excited about launching our memberships virtual. At the end of the year? Yeah, right. Yeah? yeah. Um, that'll be like end of end of 2018, early 2019 though, yeah. I think. Um, I'm excited about doing some more speaking, yeah. know, getting out there a bit more. Yeah. Um, and I'm just excited, I think, about just being a single human, you know, yeah, like yeah. post-divorce, post-frickin-apocalyptic yeah. 2017, <laughs> just getting back in my body, getting back yeah. in my groove, just yeah. getting our team really coherent and killing it. And yeah. That's about it. If you didn't know, this is an Amplify production. Amplify is an agency that I run um, along with the first podcasting conference in the Southern Hemisphere. It's called We Are Podcast um, in 2018. Uh, dates are out. Wearepodcast.com slash 2018 is where you go to find that. But if you're struggling with content and you're struggling with creating uh, a, a bunch of content that will benefit your business and, and convert, then uh, go to contentamplifier.com.au and um and you can download the content amplifier it'll ask you a bunch of questions which will give you a list of topics which you can write your blog posts and create content and create videos around so contentamplifier.com.au is where you've got to find that in the meantime love what you do do what you love